the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, this is Al Fadi, and I'd like to welcome you back to another uh, Facebook live stream with me here in studio, my dear brother, Sam Shamon. And today's live stream is yet another special edition that will be combined between Facebook and also my radio show, Let Us Reason. Now, the topic of the, uh, you know that we're going to discuss today is going to be a very interesting topic. I did address this a few months back, I think in August. I talked about the idea that Paul, the Apostle Paul, is mentioned actually in early Islamic literature. So we went and dug up more uh, you know, information, and we're thankful for one of our dear uh, brothers who put together a large document for us. We're so thankful for him, and send it to both me and Sam, among That's others. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go through this document right now, and we are going to try to cover as much as we can, of course, in the next hour or so. But we are going to show you, and especially if you're a Muslim, that your idea that Paul is a liar, that Paul is an apostle not sent by God, that Paul basically was not really recognized as a messenger or someone who is sent by Christ, all of these lies that you're told about, Mm. we are going to expose to you that your own sources actually deny every single thing that you just told us about the Apostle Paul. So I want you to come here with an open mind and try to focus. Let me repeat again. Try to focus on the references we're going to give you and the passages we're going to mention to you from the Quran, by the way. And then you'll be amazed how many times the Quran actually, conf- uh, the, the commentators confirmed things about Paul that are found in the Bible, in the Sorry. scripture itself. Sam. Yes. I want to turn it over to you, brother. Yes, and sir. you've dealt with this like yes. I did many times. Yes. Yes, what yes. are the big issues yeah. when it comes to the Apostle Paul that yes. you've been encountering so far? Yeah. Before I do that, I just want to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to bless us by the power of His Holy Spirit, to fill us with the Spirit, to speak truth without error for the glory of Jesus as He cleanses us in His precious blood. We love you, Son of God, Amen. our great God and Savior, in Jesus' name. Because without the Lord Jesus, we can't do this. Now, why are we discussing the blessed Apostle Paul, the true servant of Jesus Christ, unlike Muhammad, who was not a true prophet? Because Muslims realize that the Bible, specifically the New Testament, contradicts the Quran. So now they're left with one of several options. Either Muhammad is a false prophet, and no Muslim would dare go that route, because if they do, then they stop becoming Muslim. Or that means the previous scriptures have been corrupted, and the message of Jesus has been hijacked. Now, since the Quran acknowledges that the disciples of Jesus... The Hawariyun, as you know, the Arabic, uh, quite, yeah, that's right. uh, quite clearly, 
the disciples of Jesus in the Quran are said to be Muslims. In chapter 3 of the Quran, verse 52, and chapter 5, verse 111. 352, 5-111, the Quran puts in the mouth, the mouths of the disciples of Jesus, the claim that they are Muslims. That's so, right. They can't then look at Peter and say, well, Peter corrupted the message, or John corrupted the message, or Matthew corrupted the message. Correct. Why? They're because stuck. they are disciples yep. of Jesus, acknowledged by the Quran to be true <clears throat> messengers of Christ. So therefore, it must be Paul, because according to the records, Paul didn't follow Jesus when Jesus was on earth. He wasn't what they call a, a Sahabi, a companion of Jesus. That's right. He was actually a follower of the followers of None Jesus. None of the in Sahaba. That, yes, in yes, their mind, yes, he in is their a tabi'in. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, there you, you, go. you gave the t terminology right. precisely. Right. So then that means it must have been Paul who corrupted the message of Jesus because it's easy to point the finger at Paul because Paul wasn't a disciple of Jesus when Jesus was on earth. Now for the Christians there, I don't want them to misunderstand what we're saying. Jesus is a true... Uh, sorry. Paul. Paul is a true... Apostle of Jesus Christ, because Jesus appeared to him, commissioned him to be apostle to the Gentiles, and then Paul met with the very eyewitnesses of Jesus. He met with Peter, John, and the brother of Jesus, James, and they confirmed that he's a true apostle, a legitimate apostle commissioned by the same Jesus that commissioned them. Yeah. But for the Muslims, Paul is the bad guy. He corrupted the message. Amen. So I'm going to turn to my radio audience. This is Let Us Reason. If you're tuning in, I hope you're going to enjoy this. Another special edition that is being aired right now also on Facebook. And to my Facebook uh, you know, viewers right now, Facebook Live, I should say, uh, keep in mind that after 24 minutes, we are going to take a quick pause. And then we'll start part two recording also for the Let Us Reason. You can go and listen to this on uh, our radio show, I should say, on our Facebook uh, you know, post that will be on December 19th and also on our website, sirainternational.com. Now, you've heard what uh, basically uh, Sam mentioned. I was going to call him the Apostle Sam, but he's <laughs> not there yet, you know. Yeah, no, no, no. So, I'm working there. I'm working. Sam mentioned that <laughs> Paul, according to the Bible, was confirmed That's right. by uh, Peter, for instance, by John. And you'll be surprised how many of the Islamic commentaries have mentioned these names, Peter and John to be associates of Paul. Exactly. Let me let me give a, a, an sure. example. Cha we're going to show this, of course, on the screen. Chapter 36 of the Quran. Chapter 36 of the Quran, verses 13 and 14. Everybody can see the Arabic and English. And I'm going to read the English right now. It says, And present to them an example, the people of the city, when the messengers came to it, when we sent to them to... But they denied them, so we strengthened them with a third. And they said, indeed, we are messengers to you. That's the translation according to Sahih International. Nevertheless, I know he hates it, but that's okay. Yes, right. In Arabic, it says, <laughs> Let's take a look now and take a journey about a couple of those commentaries. For instance, Ibn Abi Hatim, one of the commentaries says, Shu'aib... Uh, he says, Shu'aib al-Jaba'i said, The names of the two messengers where it says we sent to them two are Simon. That's right. Who's that? Simon Peter, Peter. and John, Yohanna. Okay. And the name of the third is who? Bolus. Paul. That's right. Gee. That's right. It sounds like they were okay with him. And just, uh, just to let people know, I have this entire file document on my... 
on my site. So if you guys want to actually read these citations for yourselves and actually download them and use them, go to answeringislamblog.wordpress.com, answeringislamblog.wordpress.com. All these citations, all the references, about 23 references Amen. from authoritative Muslim sources. Are, are all posted there on answeringislamblog.wordpress.com because we want the Christians to use these citations, spread them to all the Muslims until Amen. every Muslim knee bows and every Muslim tongue confesses Jesus Christ is the true Son of God, the Lord of glory, their only hope of salvation. And I will be doing the same thing also on my own Facebook yes. uh, pages, by the way. And for my Patreon patrons, I'll have that available for you as well for the same purpose. Yes. Take it and spread it around. We really need to put this resource in the hands of Christians. Christians, please, if you're hearing this and you're watching this, please take <clears throat> this document. Take these citations. Use them for the glory of Jesus Christ. Now, what's interesting here, again... These Muslim commentators are acknowledging that Paul met the very eyewitnesses to the earthly Jesus, meaning Simon and John were two of the disciples, Sahaba, that walked with Jesus, <clears throat> did ministry with Jesus, and were authorized by Jesus when Jesus was on earth to spread his message, his gospel, to the ends of the world. So this is unlike Muhammad. Muhammad, who comes centuries later, had no access to the eyewitnesses of Jesus, didn't have any disciple of Jesus that walked with Jesus, commissioning him and legitimizing his apostleship, contrary to what we find in the case of the blessed apostle Paul. Which is kind of amazing, by the way, Sam. I mean, you have the early Muslims who were so close to the events of Islam and even so close or closer to the events that took place in the first century Christianity, and yet they have no problem acknowledging Paul. Yes. Why is it that our Muslim friends today somehow invented things that the Quran itself never says Paul is a liar? Exactly. What's the, I mean, didn't the Quran mention Abu Lahab by name? Yes, it did. Why wouldn't the Quran mention Paul by name, for instance? Precisely. If, if, the, if Muhammad thought Paul was an antichrist or a false apostle corrupted the message of, of Jesus Christ, then we would at least expect to find in his Quran some reference to this evil bad man who corrupted the message of Jesus Christ. But in, uh, on, on the contrary, what we find in the Quran, implicit confirmation. When I say implicit, because in the Quran, the disciples of Jesus are not mentioned by name. In the Quran, we're not told the names of the disciples of Jesus, let alone the Apostle Paul. But what the Quran does say about the disciples of Jesus, there is no way, and I'm hoping the Muslims are hearing this, there is no way if a Muslim is going to be honest to the Quran. Let me repeat, honest to the Quran, because sadly, they do to the Quran what they accuse Jews and Christians of doing. They accuse Jews and Christians of tampering with the Bible, tampering with the text, misinterpreting the words by their tongues, and that's exactly what Muslims do. They do the very thing to their Quran, which they <clears throat> slanderously accuse Jews and Christians. They twist the Quran with their tongues. Why, why do I say that? Before we look at some other references... is funny that the Quran said this? Yeah, but you know, you know the Quran says that we... Twist the words with our tongues. Chapter 3, verse 78. Uh -huh. And yet that's exactly what the Muslims are doing. The very accusation that the Quran levels against Jews and Christians slanderously slow. Now again, uh, I don't want to say there haven't been Jews and Christians that have deliberately misinterpreted the Bible. Sure, we find sure. Jews and Christians doing that to this day. Exactly. Right? So, but again, this charge can be leveled against the Muslims with greater force because it is the Muslims who are constantly butchering 
twisting, misinterpreting the plain reading of the Quran. And now in your case, you know the Arabic, so they can't pull a fast one and say, well, you don't know Arabic. Well, Arabic is your mother tongue, so they can't use that canard, can that's they? That's right, that's right. And they can go to my very post on Facebook back in the end of August, uh, the week of August 26th. I did exactly the same thing, and I used the Arabic, clearly read it in Arabic, yes. to show those who claim to be Muslims, if you read Arabic, go and say it then. Now, what, what, what did I mean? And we're going to go into the citations. We got about 23 of them, so we're not going to be able to deal with all of them. Absolutely. In these two this episodes. is a teaser, by the way. Yeah, to whet your appetite to go and get the document. Again, go to answeringislamblog.wordpress.com and he'll make it available. Download the document, start copy and pasting these citations, put them on your social media pages, and then use them in your witness to Muslims until they fall up with the true Jesus Christ, the Son of Amen. God. Now, when I said the Quran implicitly confirms the legitimacy of Paul, here are the passages that I have in mind, and let's break down the implication, then go right into the Muslim expositors. And in fact, at least in the case of Al-Qurtubi, Qurtubi actually mentions Paul in reference to one of the citations. Now let me look at the citations first, bring out the implication of these citations. Now if a Muslim is going to be honest to the Quran, there is no way he or she can get around the clear implications of what their own Muslim scripture teaches. Chapter 3, verse 55. Chapter 3, verse 55. <clears throat> Remember when Allah said, O Jesus, lo, I'm gathering thee and causing thee to ascend unto me, cleansing thee of those who disbelieve, and I'm setting those who follow thee. Let me emphasize this. I'm setting those who follow thee, right? Those who believe in you, <clears throat> setting those who follow thee <clears throat> above those who disbelieve until the day of resurrection. That's right. Another translation says, I will set thy followers above the unbelievers till the day of resurrection, the resurrection day. Now notice God's promise to Jesus. Now we don't believe these are the words of God, and we don't believe this conversation took place between God and Jesus, but the Muslims do. So Muslims, now you're stuck with the implication of this passage. God promised Jesus that his followers, those who loved him and believed in him and trusted in him, they would be placed above, they would become dominant superior over against the unbelievers till the day of resurrection. Right. So their dominance and superiority started when Jesus was taken to heaven, and they will remain uppermost and dominant till the day of resurrection, which is confirmed by this next passage. 61, verse 14 of the Quran. Chapter 61, verse 14, as the Lord Jesus grants us clarity of thought and speech to do justice to this topic. O believers, be you helpers of God. Help God, or Allah in Arabic, as Jesus, the son of Mary, said to the apostles, said to his disciples, Who will be my helpers unto Allah? Who will be my helpers assisting Allah? The disciples, apostles said, We will be helpers of Allah. Now notice again what the Quran says. A party of the children of Israel believed, meaning in Jesus, and a party disbelieved. And we strengthen and confirm those who believed over against their enemies, and they became the uppermost, the dominant, the masters. The dominant, exactly. Wait, you're saying, according to the Quran, Jesus' followers were strengthened by God Almighty, given victory over the unbelievers, and they became uppermost and dominant, and that dominance will remain till the day of resurrection? Absolutely. And you know, uh, when you look at the commentary of Al-Qurtubi, he says that this verse came down in the Apostles of Isa, which is the Islamic name basically for Jesus. Ibn Ishaq said, Isa, or they, let's call him Jesus now, Jesus sent them from the Apostles and followers of Peter and Paul. Thank you. To Rome. Emphasize 
that El Qurtubi, one of the greatest Muslim expositors, is explaining chapter 61, verse 14. And that's what it is. It's based on 61, 14. And on top of this, he says, Andrew walked to the land where its people ate people. He went to uh, probably Africa or yeah. somewhere. Thomas went to the land of Babylon, okay, and the land of the east. Philip to uh, Cartagena, which is Africa. And Jonas uh, to Dagas, the village of the people of the cave. I mean, he's listing names of apostles, yes. you know. Even if he butchered the name, yeah, yeah. nevertheless... We don't expect them yeah. to know our sources that well because, yeah. as you can tell, they're obviously ignorant of the teachings of Paul and the other apostles because there's no way if these people actually knew what the apostles taught and understood their message that they would be endorsing not just Paul, endorsing any of the, of the apostles because it's not just Paul. When you take our earliest sources and the 27 books of the New Testament are our earliest sources. Even skeptical, critical scholars like Bart Ehrman would admit the four Gospels are the only Gospels that come from the first century, right? He believes they're anonymous, but still he admits when you want to reconstruct a life about the historical Jesus, you go to the four Gospels and the letters of Paul. So it's not just Paul. All our sources from the very earliest right. of, of Christian history, all of these sources testify that Jesus is the unique divine Son of God, who was killed on the cross, buried, the tomb <clears throat> was discovered empty, his followers claimed to have seen him alive, and they attributed his death on the cross for their salvation from their sins. So if these Muslims actually knew what Peter taught, what John taught, what Paul taught, they wouldn't be endorsing them as legitimate disciples of Christ. But obviously in their ignorance, they thought that they too taught Islam, and somehow the Christians perverted their message. Note, Paul didn't pervert the message because they are accepting Paul as a true That's right. apostle empowered by God to spread Jesus' message and one of the disciples that God empowered to be victorious and dominant over the unbelievers. So that means these Muslims thought it must have been some other group that came way later. Amen. And not only that, I always like to uh, you know tease our Muslim friends and say, you're acting as if you know better than your God who never mentioned anything about Paul in the Quran. And on top of this, you know better than your prophet. You know why? Because your prophet quoted, let's say, belagerized basically the sayings of Paul about no eye have seen, no heart, oh, yes, basically, he did, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, have conceived. Exactly. And no came, you know, I mean, speaking about uh, heaven. Yes. And, and uh, he took that saying from 1 Corinthians, for instance, and applied it to the description of heaven. Did you, did you guys understand what... Al just said, a saying of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, is picked up by Muhammad and <clears throat> plagiarized by Muhammad. And Muhammad attributes that citation to Allah himself. He says, Allah has said, no eye has seen or mine has comprehended. So here Muhammad takes the saying of Paul and claims that this is a word from Allah, which means that Paul must have been inspired to write that down because the only place that you'll find this citation historically exactly. is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. And I'm going to bring up the hadith from Bukhari. <clears throat> but if you want to read a couple more references by uh, to show the audience that this is not just an isolated opinion of Qurtubi or, you know, Ibn right. Kathir, but that you find we have at least about 23 references from my last count. Right. Different Muslims writing at different periods and all agreeing on one thing. Now, there is an ancient tradition that says Paul was one of the messengers that Allah sent to aid 
and assist and strengthen the two messengers. Now, unpack that implication because we didn't bring bring out the implication of chapter 36, verses 13 and 14, calling Paul, Simon and John, messengers. That's right. Messengers sent by who? By Allah. And who sent him? <laughs> well, Allah through Jesus, Jesus sent him. Yes. Sent him. I that's mean, right. it's, that's, that's amazing, really. And he went to strengthen them, meaning like his message was so powerful that it was a confirmation of theirs and also kind of like to provide support to what they were saying. Yeah. Now, Ibn al-Jawzi, you know, Ibn al-Jawzi, that's, uh, that's another important source, said the same thing about this particular passage that we're talking uh, about. The Mufassirun or the commentators basically deferred as to who sent the two messengers to, uh, basically, the first of them, that Allah Almighty sent them. Notice, Allah sent them, and it is apparent from the Quran, and it is narrated by Ibn Abbas, uh, Ka'b, and Wahab, basically, and the second of them, that Isa sent them. So there is a debate among the commentators. Who sent them? Was it Allah who sent them? Because the verse is unclear. Or was it Jesus was the author, basically, and the one who ended up sending him, just like in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19. So there is this debate about that. And not to mention, of course, that he went on to say that those two were actually, basically, Simon. And he added, basically, John and Paul. Again, notice the trio again. It's Simon, Simon Peter, John, and Paul. Again, Confirming what we find in our earliest documents, our earliest sources on Christianity, that Paul met the very disciples of Jesus and received the right hand of fellowship from the disciples of Jesus. And they confirmed that he's a true inspired emissary of Jesus Christ. And the very fact that the Quran calls them messengers. In Islam, a messenger is someone who receives revelation. That's right. A messenger is someone who receives revelation. So in Attributing messengership, apostleship to Paul, Simon, and John, the Quran is basically saying that they were inspired spokespersons of God receiving wahi revelation like Muhammad did. Now, obviously, we don't believe Muhammad is a true messenger, but the Muslims are stuck with According this. to their theology, exactly. Yes. I mean, we're using the same theology that Muslims try to apply. Now, here's what we're going to say. Now, uh, for those of you who are uh, listening to us on Radio at Let Us Reason, we're almost getting close to wrapping up. To those of you who are on Facebook Live, we'll wrap up the radio side. We'll take a quick break, like uh, less than a minute maybe, and we'll jump back again into part two, which is meaning week two, for Let Us Reason. You can, by the way, you can go and listen to Let Us Reason on a variety of platforms. You can go to our website, sierrainternational.com. You can go to iTunes. You can go to Omni Studios. You can go basically to, uh, I I was told, uh, to Spotify and and many other uh, places. Just type Let Us Reason, Al-Fadi, and it'll pop up for you. Now, we want to say this. We want to encourage you, of course, as always, to go and subscribe to my brother's uh, YouTube channel. What is what is the Shemunian. name of that channel? Shamoon, and then you add I-A-N. S-H-A-M-O-U-N-I-A-N. Shemunian. And we encourage you to also become a Patreon patron, support yes. the brother. Uh, we encourage you to do the same thing yes, for please. us, to go and become also a Patreon supporter. You know, there is that uh, link in there. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, Sierra International. Now, uh, we have less than a minute and a half, yes. probably, give or take, left. Anything you want to yes. add, because there is a teaser now for what is to come. Yes, God well. willing, in the second session, I will actually quote where Muhammad takes the very words of Paul and attributes it to Allah, showing that Muhammad realized that this statement of Paul came by revelation from God, whom he thought was Allah. So we'll talk about that in the next session. But again, I want to encourage the Christians, study the material, 
and copy and paste these citations. Bombard the Muslims on their social media pages with the truth that their earliest sources recognize Paul as a legitimate apostle of Jesus who was legitimized by the risen Jesus and Jesus' disciples who gave him the right hand of fellowship. Amen. None of which is true of Muhammad. Paul's credentials are impeccable, unassailable. None of, none of that applies to Muhammad, who never met any of the eyewitnesses, never got any of the eyewitnesses to legitimize his apostleship. But he stands in contradiction to what Paul and those before him who walked with Jesus on earth taught about Jesus, that he's the risen Lord of, God, Lord of glory, the divine Son of God, who died for our salvation. All of which proves Muhammad is a false prophet. Amen. Amen. And by the way, uh, remember the story of Paul that he met our Lord on the way to Damascus? Yep. Well, guess what? Early Islamic sources endorse the story. Yep. That's another bombshell that is coming soon in the next part. Until uh, basically, uh, you know, we meet again, I pray that uh, you will take our words for downloading the resources, study it, be prepared to discuss it with our Muslim friends. No more of this nonsense, by the way, about, uh, you know, Paul is a liar, Paul wasn't sent by God, and all this stuff that I call baloney, by the way. I mean, all of it is just nothing but hogwash, and all of it is just people repeating like parrots. It's time to put this to rest. Go to this document, study it for yourself. Until we meet again next time, have a blessed day.